Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. We know that Charlotte Mason held we should not start formal lessons until six years old. But what can we do before that to encourage our children to explore science? Well, joining me here today is my friend and coworker, Karen Smith. Karen, you've already walked us through in a different episode how to teach science in grades one through 12. But what about before grade one? What can we do to encourage our children in, in the scientific world, in that aspect of, of creation around us? I think the biggest thing is to allow your children to explore. Encourage their curiosity and just get out of their way. Really, we get in the way of our children too much. And they don't need a scientific explanation. They just need to observe and learn at their own pace. Those preschool years are so much about learning about the world around them. And not with terms, but just learning about that. Look at that dandelion in the yard. You know, you may think as a mom, oh, I've seen dandelions hundreds of times. They're nothing new. In fact, we want to get rid of them a lot of times. Yes. Yeah. But to your child, that is a new thing to be explored. It's interesting to that child. That's why they always bring you those lovely bouquets. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and just, you know, just the transformation of the flower from its bright yellow to its fuzzy white. We've seen it all before, mm-hmm. but your child hasn't. Give and, them that time. And even seeing how the white floats away on the breeze mm-hmm. sometimes. I would be tempted to say, oh, look, the leaves, are the, the seeds are going. Is that okay, or is that interposing yourself and interrupting them? It could be okay but uh, to draw your child's attention to it, but you don't need to explain how the wind is dispersing the seeds so that the dandelion can grow more dandelions in other places. If the child asks, you can tell him that. But otherwise, just let the child enjoy watching how those seeds float in the air and where they go. I think some of it is that we forget how much our children are observing and it's registering even if they don't tell us. You know, it's almost like we expect them to tell us, okay, did you get that? Did you get that? Did you get that? So that we can check it off in our heads. Yes, he got that. Check it off. Move on. Yes. But so much is happening under the surface, let's say, in those preschool years. We've got to just trust that they are taking that all in. And those experiences that they have, those observations, what they see, what they feel, what they do, come into play in later years because these are the experiences that they're going to draw upon when they get to high school and they're studying biology or chemistry or some other formal science. This is the experience. The personal relation. Yes. And that's the important part. They're building that foundation, those experiences to draw upon. You already have some of those experiences as an adult and You have to remember that your child is in the process of building those experiences now. I think it's easy as an adult to just focus on the the facts that we got in biology and 
you know, because yes. that's what is most recent. It's harder to think all the way back to those preschool years when you were gathering the experiences and forming the personal connections. When you were exploring. Yes. And experiencing some of those things for the first time and the wonder that you had about those things. Our, your child is doing that now. We lose the wonder yes. sometimes. Give him the space to do that. Mm -hmm. Be ready to give him some more information if he asks for it. But it's not necessary to tell him all the um, whys and wheres and hows of things at that stage. Okay, that's reassuring because when you said be ready to give him the answers, suddenly my heart started beating faster. It's like, but what if I don't know the answer? What if, you know, he says, what is this, you know, look at this part on the ant. What is that, Mommy? Um, I, something like a thorax? Is that <laughs> the correct term for that, you know? Yes, you don't even have to know the correct terminology. You can just say, well, I don't know what that is, but isn't it interesting? What do you think that is used for? Or why do you think that's a part of that? It, you know, it's, it's kind of that same old question of Johnny coming to mom and saying, mom, where did I come from? Yeah, it strikes yes. fear in the heart of every parent. And mom's like, oh no, it's time for the talk. Yeah, even though Johnny is four years old. Yes. You know, it's and like, oh, I have you to know, how many details go, yeah. do I have to give? Mom goes through an explanation and Johnny says, oh, I just wanted to know because Bobby said he's from Ohio. <laughs> yeah. You know, he wasn't <laughs> looking for the details that you as the adult thought he was. Yeah. He just wanted to know I was born in Georgia, not... Ohio. You know, the, don't go too deep. <laughs> point taken. That's a very good point. So nature, um, getting our children out into nature, this is not like once a week we do nature study No. in the older grades or in, in the grades from first grade on. This is more get them outside every day, just let them play? Let or? them play, let them explore. You can, I mean, you can do this in your own yard or at a park or while you're traveling because there's always new discoveries to be made wherever children go. And they don't need to have an encyclopedia come along with them for those explorations. Or even a field guide. Or, or even a field guide. <laughs> Mom might want a field guide, but... The child does not need that. And it's more about just letting them notice, let, letting them become acquainted with the world around them. I like the element that we have put into our preschool curriculum. It's yes. not a curriculum. I shouldn't call it that. It, it's called Our Preschool Life. It's a monthly subscription box. And... The children get a small nature notebook for their own. Yes, Each child which is blank. One. Yeah, it's just a blank little notebook. Mm -hmm. But then every month in the box, they get two little nature stickers. Yes. Of just common things around them, like butterflies, earthworms, fish. There's your dandelion you were talking about. There you go. Um, they get two stickers just to encourage them to observe what's around them. Yes. And once they see it, they can put that sticker in the notebook. Wherever they want to. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if they want to tell about what they saw, 
mom or dad can write down what yes. they said there. But it, it's really just the purpose is to get them in the habit of noticing. Yes. Which most children do anyway. It maybe this is more for mom and dad to realize what they're noticing. <laughs> I don't know. But they can create a wonderful little it encourages them to look for things also. Yes. And because sometimes I mean we all get into that habit of our surroundings are too familiar and we don't notice the things that are there because we're not looking for them. Mm-hmm. And this gives the children it's almost like a scavenger hunt. Yes. Can you find what's on your sticker this month? And if and if you don't find it this month, that's fine. Hang on to your sticker. Keep looking because maybe next, maybe month. next month you'll find it. Yes. It, it just keeps them observant. I guess we're trying to set up a mm-hmm. habit of observation. Yes. Of what's around yes. us. Okay, so that's getting our children out into nature. That's one component. What else can we do to encourage exploration of science? We can read books with our children that have a nature or maybe a little bit of a science element to it. Um, things that model when you're out in nature, how to look for things and notice them. Things that draw their attention to something that maybe they don't live near that. Um, for instance, if you live in the middle of the country, your child may never see the seashore. But you can read a book about the seashore. All right, let me grab these books that we have discovered recently and really enjoy. In fact, we include these in the Our Preschool Life Yes. Every month you, they get a book or two. They get a book. Not always on, a nature-related one. Right, but, but, but some, of the bo- mm-hmm. some of the boxes contain a nature book. And the one you just mentioned, okay, it reminds me of this one, The Seashore Book by Charlotte Zolotow. Yes. It's fabulous. Do you want to tell about that book? It's just a story about a, a mother and her son, and they don't live near the seashore. And the boy was asking about what's the seashore like. And the mom describes it to him, and the boy in his imagination visualizes it. And that's the whole book is just illustrations of what the mom is describing to the, to the son. Beautiful illustrations. Yes. Yes. So great way to introduce a different habitat yes. mm-hmm. to your child. Uh, some other of these books, we'll leave a link to these books in the show yes. notes so people can find them. Step Gently Out by Helen Frost and Rick Leiter. Fabulous introduction to insects. Yes, and again, fabulous. This one, I think, has photographs yes. in it, and they are Up just close. fabulous photographs. But it goes through talking about when you go out, look, notice the blade of grass. Yeah. Those little things that we don't think of. The common are, things. As yes. we were talking earlier, yes. Charlotte used that term so much. Yes, but those are interesting to young children. They are seeing them for the first time. And I think this book, Step Gently Out, um, can also address an issue that some parents might have where I recently was watching a, a show where a lady pulled a picture off the wall and screamed and dropped the picture and then they did a close-up because there was, there was this little spider. tiny spider. And she's like, oh, it's a spider! That, that can happen with some parents. Yes. That type of book presents those insects as a beautiful part of God's creation. Yes. 
And so that book could help. Maybe you want to talk about the parent's attitude here while we're at it and how that can affect children. It's important not to show your disgust or your disinterest in something that your child is excited about. Mm. You could very well, as Charlotte Mason put it, close the door to that chapter of nature Mm. for your child. That's and a sobering thought. Yes. We, we don't want to close those doors of curiosity. And so you have to be careful. Not, I mean, I know it's hard sometimes when you have some of those phobias, but you have to be careful, particularly, I think, not to show disinterest in what your child yeah. has taken an interest in. Even if you need to stand six feet away to show your interest, you can still show an interest. And I know we did an episode earlier on nature study fears and how to handle those. So we'll link to that to Mm -hmm. give parents some help. Um, Another great book is This Hiking Day by Anne Rockwell. Yes. The family, they're going for a hike. And throughout the whole book, they talk about the different things that they see just as they are walking. And that's a great example for parents, but children will enjoy the story, too, of how to develop that curiosity in your children and not get in their way as they're exploring. Just give them that freedom to explore. Yes. Don't direct too much. Don't, don't squash it by saying, oh, come on, we have to keep walking. Give them those moments to stop and observe. Sometimes that's the hardest part is taking that time Yes. Or letting them have that time. We are schedule-oriented. We are. And if we don't finish this hike at the exact time, we're going to delay lunch by half an hour. Yeah. We'll delay lunch by half an hour. Not a problem. Yes. Bring a snack bar or something. We are fine. Yeah. Not a problem. And we need to also be careful that we're not over-scheduling our children yes. in things outside the yes. home that then pushes out any time to explore. To explore. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Uh, just a couple more books. Inky's Amazing Escape is all about an octopus. A real octopus. This is a real, this Based is a true on a real story. story. Yes. A true story of yes. how an octopus escaped his enclosure at an aquarium. And went down the drain back to the ocean. Yes. And it was, it's a fun story. It's a fun story. You learn a little bit about octopuses. Yeah. And just what they can do. A nice little introduction. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a living way. Mm-hmm. Great introduction to octopus. And then the listening walk. I like this because usually when we talk about exploring nature, we think about what we see. see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one focuses on what do you hear? And I mean, this book is on what you can hear, but you can also encourage what do you smell? Mm-hmm. And in some cases, how, what does it feel like? Or what does it taste like? Or even feeling the wind. Oh, yes, you, know, you can those feel the wind. You can you see the wind. You it. can hear the wind. So yeah. there's three senses they can use just for the wind. Nice. And this one is by Paul Showers, The yes. Listening Walk mm-hmm. by Paul Showers. And then one last one. I just finished reading this with my youngest. Beside the Pond, and it's by James Whitmer. It's very much in the... It's a newer book, yes, but it's very much in the style of Thornton Burgess. In, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we learned a lot about the little frog, Ferdinand, and um, he's a bullfrog. And when the book starts out, he's teeny tiny. Yes. And he goes through lots of experiences and adventures with, 
with the other animals in the pond and mm -hmm. around the and pond. And around the pond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then as he grows, he, I won't do any spoilers here, but it's, it's just a very sweet book. It, we really enjoyed mm -hmm. that one. So reading these nature books together and science exploration books together, that's another great way to encourage our children before formal lessons. Yes. And just remember, you're allowing your child to get experiences with different aspects of science. I mean, we, um, there are, I mean there's other ways, too. It doesn't have to be outside. You cooking, can, for example. Cooking is a great way for your child to have experiences with chemistry. Because cooking is chemistry. Why does the cake rise when it bakes? Well, it's because of the chemical reactions of the ingredients. That's something, you don't have to explain it to your child, but they see that happening. Or they see that apple that they sliced turning brown yes. when it sits Why out too Why does it do long? that? Well, that's yeah. chemistry also. It's a, it's a chemical reaction that does that. But you don't have to explain that to them, but they see that happening. Later on, they will get some of that material to explain that for them. But they have that experience to draw on when they're studying chemistry now in the high school years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So cooking is another great way to introduce mm -hmm. and explore scientific concepts. I guess the yes. whole thing here is that we want to encourage parents to focus on the ideas, yes. not the dry facts. Yes. So it's the, the concepts of science, not just the terminology of science, especially in those preschool years. Yes. That's a key, I think. Then there are other things that our children can play with. I, I often get asked, what about scientific experiments? Do we need to do experiments when they're little? What do you think? That's more up to the mom if she enjoys that. But really, children just need to explore. You can give them a bucket of water and yeah. some measuring cups and measuring spoons and let them explore water. How they'll, does it move? They'll scoop it. They'll splash it. They'll do all and sorts they'll do of things some, with it. Some type of experiment themselves. Like they'll, they'll take um, a little bucket that has a slot in the bottom and yes. see how that looks compared to if you pour it right. out. Those are experiments, but or, they're natural. Or they'll find things to see if they float or they sink. Yes. And you don't, I mean, you can provide materials for them or help them find ones and ask them, do you think this will float or sink? But you don't have to explain to them why it does. And you don't have to make it a set sink. lesson. Today we are going to explore right. things that float and exactly. sink. Exactly. Don't need to do, you do that. do the same thing with sand or um, one that is fun for children is cornstarch mixed with water. It's a very interesting um, concoction. <laughs> <laughs> it's sometimes liquid and sometimes solid when you're playing with it. So. Oh, interesting. It, so it's not, some kids don't like it because it is kind of weird. Because it feels weird. Yes, but they, they usually enjoy that one. But it's, it, again, it's just them exploring the different elements around them in a safe environment. We don't want them, you know, discovering electricity by happenstance. But yes, yes, safety is a concern, of course. You so you keep mediums, an eye on them, mm -hmm. but you let them explore as much yes. as possible. Yes. yes. Anything else you want to encourage us with? I think just 
just to remind you to allow your child that freedom to explore, the space to explore, and by that I mean give them the time. Yes, the unhurried time is so important. Yes. We need to, it's hard for parents, it was hard for me, because I felt like I'm not doing anything, I'm just sitting here watching them. But that's so important for them to have that yes, unhurried time. It Absolutely. Is. And be careful that you do not show disinterest or disgust mm. in what is interesting to your child. All good reminders. Yes. I love how Charlotte said the flowers are not new, but the children, children are. are. Mm-hmm. That's such a key for those preschool years, especially. Yes. All right, thanks. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also subscribe to the video version of this podcast or read the blog post on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. All of those links will be in the notes, along with links to any resources that I mentioned. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.